Honey, the one that I want. All right, welcome to Midnight Snack number three. We are starting with the one that I want because I had to plug my cable into a different port. Where the fuck is my GameCube controller? There it is. All right. Do you want to load previous Shrek Super Party game data found? Of course I do. So yeah, welcome to Midnight Snack number three. We're going to be playing a little Shrek Super Party going over the week, talking about the Andrew Mayer episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And truly, thank you. I've been getting a lot of really nice messages from people uh, about the podcast. So I just want to, you know, if you sent me something... You know, words of encouragement, a compliment. Thank you for that. This is uh, this has been so much fun, and I'm really glad that that people are are also finding it fun to listen to. Um, Thelonious. Oh God, Shrek's Super Party is such an underrated game, in my opinion. My sister and I used to play this all the time. It is basically Mario Party, but with Shrek characters. That's <laughs> The Shrek DreamWorks, whoever just ripped off Mario Party was like, what if we make a game is exactly what Nintendo did, but make it swamp themed? <laughs> uh, Prince, oh, goddamn, Princess Fiona gets to go first. I'm going third. Oh, geez. So, yeah, it's been a fun week. Uh, the Andrew Mayer episode came out, and that was a really fun one. Andrew, uh, he's a very important person to me. I love Andrew. He's such a fun guy he's such a friendly guy and he's uh i would even go as far as to say he's an important teacher for me because as you heard he was uh you know one of the first people that really took a chance on me as a, as a comic as you know someone in the scene i mean he needed a ride to maine so he really had no choice but to take a chance <laughs> but it's you know as as i've said in the past this this city it feels like you're giving a hug to somebody and they're not hugging you back so andrew was definitely one of the first times i i felt you know oh damn it i messed up in the in the game we're playing basically just air hockey and it is not going well for me right now uh he was one of the first people to take a chance and you know it, it's it's important that I recognize that because you can't get by without a little little bit of damn help. So, you know, if you've got to pick somebody up on the side of the road, take the chance, you know, provided that you know them and you won't be murdered. <laughs> but he's, you know, I've just been thinking a lot about teachers lately in general because, you know, it's teachers come in all shapes and sizes. They don't have to be in a classroom or, you know, especially the ones that are like, I'm about to teach you something. It's like, no, well, that's going to suck. I really don't want to listen to you right now. It seems like this is being forced upon me. So I set a new high score, I guess, but I, I don't think I did. That was really bad. We lost me and me and the computer miss your hood. <laughs> this kid, Shrek is Shrek rips. How good is this movie? but i've been thinking a lot about teachers uh just because as i said I've, I've been getting a lot of messages lately and 
one of them is from my second grade teacher. How crazy is that? My second grade teacher is tuning in to dinner at your place. How nice is that? I'm sorry, Mrs. O.L., about all the swears. That's probably not what you envisioned when little Danny was sitting in your classroom. The next episode might be rough. You should probably throw some headphones in for that one. Very excited for it, though. Mo Musa, very funny guy. Uh, just So, yeah, thinking about teachers and, and how the good ones, you know, hopefully will push you towards what you want to do and the bad ones will help you realize what you don't want to do or who you don't want to be. And Teachers don't necessarily have to be in the classroom. I mean, Andrew's a comedian, you know, he's never taught a class in his life i bet but he's been so resourceful as you know just going to somebody who can ask questions or you know how would you do this how would you do that and you can't get by without a little bit of help i mean i remember i mean i started off in you know elementary school i started off with Basically, I, I Jordan three-peated with three of the best teachers ever. And, you know, second grade Mrs. O.L. was the 96 Jordan year. I mean, she was the sweetest woman ever. You know, I mean, what can you really teach a second grader that they'll, you know, take with them as far as education? Sorry, I'm distracted by onions right now. Got to catch these onions. This game is so fun, truly. Um, but anyway, uh, what can you really teach a second grader that they're going to take with them educational-wise? But she was what what I always used as the bar for teachers going forward with Mrs. O.L. was that she just respected her students. I mean, they were six years old, seven years old, and she still treated them like, actual people like actual adults you know she wasn't trying to be better than us and obviously was because obviously she was because we're fucking seven years old we don't know anything <laughs> and she was just so sweet i mean one time i i had pneumonia in second grade and the only reason we found out was because of mrs ol i was looking deathly ill one day and she came up behind me in, in class and asked how I was feeling. I said, you know, I'm not feeling great. And I still remember this moment, okay? She took my temperature just like any caring adult would. She put her hand, you know, down the, the neck of my shirt, checked my back, and realized, oh, my God, this kid is on fire. We got to do something about this. I'm pretty sure she called my mom herself, and if she didn't, I know I went to the nurse immediately. I still remember how warm and how safe I felt in them. I was a kid, you know, I felt, oh, <gasps> Scooter Scramble, the best game in Shrek Super Party. This is just Mario Kart and you're on scooters. That's all it is, baby. Oh, man. Let's fucking go. If I'm, I, if I hit, if I don't perfect this game, I get mad at myself every time. Oh, boy. Don't hit a barrel. Don't hit a barrel. Oh, God. Oh, oh I hit a barrel. Fuck. All right. 
back to talking about Mrs. Owell and other teachers since I already hit a barrel and this is no longer a perfect, perfect trip. Fuck, I hit another barrel. Um... <laughs> uh, I still remember that, you know, like I said, that, that warm, safe feeling of like, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm about to die. And this, this person cares about me as a human being. I mean, I felt safe. She, this is normally the embarrassing story that somebody has is you call the teacher mom. And that's, you know, all the kids are like, ah, you called the teacher mom, you fucking loser. I, at the end of second grade, over the summer, I called my mom, Mrs. O.L., by my teacher's name. And then I realized that my mom wasn't Mrs. O.L., and I started crying. (laughs) I was so sad that I was not around my second grade teacher. My own mother was the person I was with. The person who gave birth to me. But I still was like, nah, I'd rather be hanging out with my second grade teacher right now. <laughs> She's a great teacher. I mean, I, you know, fast forwarding a ton of years, a lot of this started when I sent, I sent an email to a, a professor of mine from St. Michael's. I went to St. Michael's College up in Vermont. Uh, and I sent a, an email to a, a professor just saying, basically, thank you for everything that you did. And I sent it because another professor had passed away. Uh, a professor that I had such as a close relationship with, uh, a, a wonderful person, a wonderful man. He, he passed away this year and it was really hard. And I know that, you know, that might just sound a little bit silly, but it, it truly was. He was a very, very special person in my life. And I just took the opportunity, I guess, to, to email another, you know, special person. If, if, if this person who passed was, you know, writing dad, then this, this person who is still with us is writing mom and, Writing mom has, uh, my goodness, she is a hard fucking teacher. She was the smartest person I've ever been around and would nitpick and would just, you know, correct you in ways that made you think, what the fuck are you talking about? Why are you doing this to me? And it took a little bit to realize and unfortunately it was part of the passing of this other teacher that made me think but she was so hard on us because she wanted us to be as good as we could i mean she was an english professor she was focused on the english majors she didn't want a kid to come out of her classroom that didn't know what the fuck they were talking about or what the fuck they were writing about and at the time I was pissed off. I was getting C's. I was getting B's. I'm not a great student. And every letter grade that I got that was not as good as I thought it was, I would kind of look at her when she handed it back and be like, I got to fucking prove to you that I can be a creative. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's that, that young ego of, 
wanting the recognition from someone who you look at as higher than you. And that's, that's truly what I wanted. I, I wanted somebody who I thought was a genius to look at me and say, you are also very smart and you can do this. And, and it seemed like I wasn't getting that. But now looking back, you know, this is 10 years ago about, she was just cutting our teeth. She was making us into the best thinkers that we could be. You know, she was challenging us to think outside of the box. She was challenging us to think and write and be different than how we came in. And that goes far beyond what teachers are supposed to do. She was shaping human beings and she's an incredibly special person. If you're at St. Michael's College, if you're listening to this, if you're thinking about going to college, Carrie Shea is one of the most incredible, incredible people that you can meet in this world. You will walk away from a conversation with her thinking, I did not think about any of these things in that way before. She speaks Elvish. <laughs> what? <laughs> she knows another language and it's Elvish. <laughs> so a lot of this started just, you know, thanking the, the people who have kind of formed Danny. You know, it's it's a lot of... School isn't for everyone. That's a very important thing to realize is that book learning doesn't work for everybody. That's just how it goes. People's brains are different. And you can learn things and be taught things in so many different facets outside of a textbook. I mean, from so many different people that don't even think of themselves as a teacher. I mean, you can learn things from people who are doing the wrong things. I mean, I've been doing comedy for eight years now. I've seen people freak out on stage and call a crowd member a cunt. Sorry, Mrs. O.L. I definitely shouldn't have said that word. <laughs> but I've seen people freak out from stage and call crowd members, you know, the C word. And that just tanks the show. And you, you look at that and you're like, oh, I learned something. And it's not to do what this person just did. <laughs> It's not to be like that. It's just, you know, it's important to open your eyes and just look at what's going on around you because the good and the bad you can learn from. Oh, jeez. I had a fifth grade teacher who shouldn't have been a teacher. I mean, bad teachers too, right? Like I was just saying, you learn from them. I had a teacher in fifth grade who should have been probably teaching college students or whatever but I remember waking up some mornings before school and crying to my mom saying I can't go to school this morning like <laughs> that's that's how brutal she was I did learn though this is still take this with me today a firm handshake really goes pretty far she devoted an entire like the last hour of a school day or whatever maybe 90 minutes to teaching 10-year-olds how to properly shake a hand. And I was so terrified of her that I was like, you better grip the shit out of her hand and prove to you that you have strength as a human being. <laughs> Your little 10-year-old bones. <laughs> and, I, you know, so occasionally I'll shake people's hands and be like, oh, that was a very good handshake. And I'll think, up, oh, Miss Rutherford, wherever you are, doing whatever over here 
cauldron. <laughs> she was a nice lady. She wasn't a witch. Just probably not in the right situation. Like I said, probably should have been teaching college kids. But what can you do? You get the job you get, right? Oh, did I just fuck that up? Oh, I did fuck that up. Whoops. I'm in third place now. I was trying to trade different bugs. See, that's a different... That's a that's a part of this Shrek Super Party is that to, to earn the points, you have to... It's basically like poker. There's, there's five types of bugs. They have different point values. Oh, Princess Fiona just challenged me to a duel? For real? Bitch, you trying to play some fly candy right now? You think you can beat me? Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> okay, fly candy. Catch these swarms of flies. Press A to swing your fly catcher. Swarm values increase the longer you avoid snake bites. I'm just reading this for you guys. I remember this game from my childhood. Swarms in the deep grass are worth twice as much. Princess Fiona... I'm gonna put you back in that fucking castle. You don't know. You don't even know what's coming for you. I just mash it. That's really all. All this game is is just if I if I wonder if I'm quiet enough. That's how fast I'm pressing it. <laughs> oh, snake got me. Oh, snake got me. Oh shit, Fiona's kicking my ass right now. Damn. Oh, snake got me again. Oh my god, Fiona is really ripping me up she got 235 points i got oh here we go here's the comeback here's the comeback oh the kid's in the lead now oh we got bit by a snake oh no oh no fiona's mounting the comeback now oh jeez. oh this is 315 to 280 right now oh boy come on game please end Ooh, Shrek beat me, but I beat that bitch, Fiona. Get back in your castle. That's how we treat women. We put them away. We lock them. We lock them in a room. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. O.L. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Little seven-year-old Danny's grown up. Swap three bugs. Well, we're obviously going to take your five-point blue one. Uh, yeah, and then we'll get, we'll get a nice little full house. Three ladybugs and two beetles, huh? That means nothing to you guys, but I promise you it was a lot of points. Princess Fiona is still beating me in the overall game, though. Not crazy about that. We really got to lock her away. <laughs> How many Shrek movies are there again? There's like four Shrek movies. This franchise really crushed it. Anyway, back to teachers. Oh, Mr. Hood just gave Shrek 11 points. Lucky Shrek. Think anyone's ever said that? Anyway. Fun week. Man, it's so weird just talking to myself. I mean, Mariah Carey's here. She's looking at me. She's got the smile, though, that says, you're insane for talking to yourself. Listen, Mariah. 
this is just gravy. Again, dinner at your place. It's the interviews. This is just hanging out, trying to wind down. Done three shows this week. Got two more. Hosting a bunch. So come hang out. Hosting tomorrow in Salem. Hosting Saturday at Democracy Brewing downtown in Boston. Tomorrow's Salem show is I is going to be Huey Halloween themed. I refuse to not talk about Huey Halloween for at least 20 minutes. That movie is ridiculous. Adam Sandler is just just really seeing what he can get away with. I mean, Huey Halloween is, is a movie about a, a mentally challenged man who Julie Bowen from Modern Family wants to have sex with because he's the Halloween savior. <laughs> It's like a Halloween hall monitor, and Julie Bowen is like, this is the hottest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Unbelievable. Made so much money off that movie, I bet. Fiona, I swear to God. Just beating me by 12 points. So yeah, come hang out. Come watch the show. Two this week have been kind of tough it's thursday at probably midnight or no probably like 11 15 or whatever right now but show tonight was different from last night very much so sunday or monday no sunday yes sunday was a great show that was awesome shout out monica carroll for packing out that room um two very different shows though tonight was the packed room where People, it seems like they're just about ready to laugh, but nobody's able to break them open. But then everybody from the crowd comes up to you after the show and is like, that was so much fun. Thank you so much for such a great night. It's like, why didn't you laugh then? Let it loose. I hosted, so that's, that's, you know, starting the show. But it's very strange. You know, there's a lot of almost stifled laughter. And then last night was tough. Not a lot of people in the room, and then there was two old birds who were just somehow talking louder than the people with the microphone. That truly does always impress me. Every every show starts with, "Hey, you know, thanks so much for coming out." Couple ground rules, you know, put the cell phones on silent. Uh, you know, bathrooms over there, and you know, keep the table talk to a minimum. And it seems like everyone always hears that. These two broads last night just did not give a shit. They were in their own world talking about someone who got married, and they had opinions about it. It was so frustrating because you could, everyone in the bar could hear them, but not hear them. It was just like. The, the 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 low mumbles that your brain forms from a not complete thought. It's like, oh, God, it's on the tip of my tongue. What are they saying? So that's just going on in the background. So, yeah, come out, come out Friday or Saturday for a hopefully more fun show. <laughs> oh, boy. I think I will. You know what? Yeah, let's check the time here. Yeah. I'm going to... I said that 
on these midnight snacks is kind of a, you know, a wind down thing. I was maybe going to read. Uh, and I think talking about the teachers, this is a perfect time because the professor who passed, unfortunately, as I, you know, he, he started getting sick when I was in, you know, senior year, junior year. And something that he used to always do for us when he was in good health was read aloud to us and uh, you know all the college students would look at him like what are you doing you know we're we're adults we're 18 why are you reading to us and his whole thing was just that it was kind of a pause in the fast-paced world of today so uh i would love to try and channel a little bit of will marquis uh i'm gonna hit pause real quick i'm gonna go grab a book he's published and uh, i'll just read a couple pages from that so hang on just a real real quick second all right we are back and in typical will marquis fashion i found a note in the book that he had written to me so this is because, 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 a collection of short stories by Mr. Will Marquis. And this lovely note just says, Hey, Danny, how goes it, ma'am? I just thought I'd be in touch, send you a copy of this thing I put together a few years ago. No book report required. All is well here, reading, writing, hanging out with friends. I hope you're thriving. Boom shakalaka. June 18th, 2015. Will. So this is the forward. This is exactly what kind of person he was. I wrote these stories in fiction workshops at St. Michael's College between 1998 and 2011. Every year, I did all the exercises with the students, heard what they thought about my drafts, and completed a story with the help of their suggestions. This process underscores an essential fact. I am more teacher than writer. I undertook the stories largely for pedagogical reasons. I hope I said that right, Will. <laughs> to present an example of a writer making his effort, living with deadlines, working with criticism. Probably the results demonstrate some of the limitations of workshop stories written with a particular audience in mind, but I can't regret the process, for without that audience, I would not have written them. And more, I would have had less fun. It has been splendid, year after year, to go out into the fictional fields with those students. Rereading the stories for this collection, I have found fingerprints recurring, characteristic rhythms, ideas, even actions. What does it suggest about me that protagonists in two different stories suddenly punch someone out? I'm not sure I want to know, but I have decided to leave such repetitions, making only small revisions. At some point, a parent must let their children go into the world. I present them here in the order in which they were written. My first and abiding debt of gratitude and love is inscribed in the dedication, says to my parents again. Close behind, my dear friends, I think you know who you are. To St. Michael's College, I owe the opportunity that has been my life for 25 years. Finally, the students. It was all for them.
just an incredibly special person who gave himself to others trying to build them up like i said this is writing dad writing dad you know showed me what to write about and carrie's writing mom she taught me how to write it it's truly i just owe the foundation and the groundwork to them i'll read a page or two from the first story the weight the entire world is within dewey's grasp Already, he has taken Europe and fortified it against attack. Soon, he will sweep out across the steppes of Ukraine, march through the Middle East, overwhelm Asia and Africa. It's only a matter of time before his loyal troops cover the globe in their brilliant blue. Of course, Lou will offer some resistance in Kamchatka. With its bridge to North America, where Stephen's brown armies have been squatting since the beginning of time, Stephen always goes for North America. Lou, who always takes black, has no power base. He just fortifies random countries and flares out in unpredictable directions. Angela isn't much of a threat. Her green soldiers are barely clinging to Australia, and she's a pacifist anyway. But Dirk has amassed impressive red squadrons in South America and could strike either north or east according to his own inscrutable lights. It's Dirk's move now. He lifts his glasses to check his country cards, contemplates his positions, shakes the dice in his fist. Dirk always takes forever to roll. He says he's consulting the war gods. He rattles the dice. Roll! shouts Lou. Roll dice and die, you red bastard! Dewey takes a sip of cold coffee. He knows that impatience is just what Dirk wants. He is tempting the rest of them to go for too much too soon. Then he will wipe someone out and take their precious cards. Dirk is a poli sci major. <laughs> oh, that made me miss Will and his voice a lot. <laughs> God, you spend four years with someone looking up to them and learning from them, and all of a sudden they're gone. They're not gone, though. So, uh, thanks for hanging out listening to just some rambles i'm really excited for you know episodes coming out i recorded a really fun one yesterday uh, i'm probably just gonna show you guys how to make that meal tomorrow maybe later today depending on what time it is i don't know what time it is at this point but man uh tell the people that you love that you love them and that they mean something and that they taught you something because they're not going to be here forever, so people never get the flowers while they can still smell them. Make sure they can smell them. Uh, Will, if you're out there and can hear this, man, thanks for everything, and thanks for showing me Sly and the Family Stone. Have a good night.